Genesis chapter 22, verses 13 and 14. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram, caught it by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys this morning. I'm in a little bit different position, um, but that's okay. We have some amazing worship leaders that are able to lead uh, whenever I'm not up here. So that's great. They do even a better job than me. So um, let, me, let me get started. Hey, th- this morning we're going to take communion together. So today's a little bit of a different service Uh, You may have already noticed there's all kinds of mechanics going on here, so we're gonna try to be efficient with your time, but we're also gonna spend some time uh, remembering uh, the ultimate sacrifice that was made for us. Um, Man, I always love when we celebrate baptisms on the days that we celebrate communion. Uh, That that marriage of faith and obedience um, is exactly what we're gonna be talking about today. But first, I need to disclose something to you about myself. We'll start with some, some confession. Um, are y'all ready for this? I am, this may, be, this may be no surprise to some of you, I am an avid bluegrass and acoustic and folk music fan. That's right. Uh, and if you show up early enough here on a Sunday morning, you'll hear me jamming out in here to that kind of stuff. Uh, the people who come in early, they know for sure. I'm not sure uh, how or when exactly this happened when this love was fostered in my life, uh, but there is a genre, that genre of music, it just really draws me in and it speaks to me. Uh, are there any bluegrass fans? I may have heard some. Yeah, okay, good, okay, great. So there's something about the instrumentation. Now, there's no sound that I love more than the, the woody percussive punch of a mandolin or uh, the sweeping notes almost crying of a fiddle, or if, if you know this one, you'll really know bluegrass, a, a G run on an old Martin D28. Those sounds, mm, those will get me every time. And I found that many folks judge me for this, this love of bluegrass, and I'm not sure why that is. So if you don't like bluegrass, you're entitled to be wrong. I mean, that's just... <laughs> And you can see me after church, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction of, of some bands and some, some artists that you need to be listening to. Another thing that I love is my Sunday morning drive to the church. It's that rare moment when it seems like the entire world is asleep. There's not many cars on the road. The whole county's quiet. It's just me. And uh, just, there's just a stillness about it. I've gotten into this routine of combining these two loves. Uh, the bluegrass and acoustic music in my Sunday morning drive to church. That's probably what spills over into this room <laughs> once I get here. Um, but in these moments, as I'm driving around the loop and the sun breaks over, over the, the clouds, I'm nearly always overcome with a spirit of gratitude and of worship. One particular morning a couple months ago, there was a new album out that I was really excited to listen to uh, from this, this bluegrass super band. Can you believe that that exists? There's a bluegrass super band. Uh, it's a band called uh, Mighty Poplar, and essentially 
it's, it's just a bunch of really, really good bluegrass musicians, some of the more popular guys that are out right now that are playing all over the place. They came together and made this project together. There's some really top-notch musicians. Okay, I'm done nerding out about that, that album. But as I was making that trek around the loop, that's my favorite moment when I'm kind of up on some of those overpasses and in the eastern sky, I can kind of see the sun coming up. And one of these songs on this new album came on and it hit me like a ton of bricks. This song was called The Story of Isaac. And it's simply a a different take and an adaptation of the story found in Genesis 22 about the sacrifice of Isaac but with a little bit of a twist. It's from a young boy's perspective, Isaac's perspective. Originally written in 1969 by Leonard Cohen, this song, let me just say, is by no means theologically accurate. So if you go out and listen to this song after church, which you can, don't hear, hear me, I'm not saying this is exactly how it happened or even true. And honestly, by the time you get to the back half of the song, the song kind of morphs into a, a Vietnam protest song and there's some funky things going on there. But regardless, in that moment, God used it as a catalyst to look at a story in a different way than I've ever looked at. So let's take a look at that story. Um, let's go ahead and if you have your Bible with you, let's go ahead and turn, turn to Genesis chapter 22. When you get there, I'm gonna start by reading verses one through six. And I'm gonna try to read this slowly so I don't stumble over all the words. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, I and the boy, We'll go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took, his hand, the fire, took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they, both, uh, so they went, both of them, together. All right, in these first six verses, there's a, a few things I, I want to look at and highlight as we begin to move towards communion this morning. The first is I, see, I want you to see... Um, Abraham's willingness to give up his only son. Um, This couldn't have been an easy thing. We know that Abraham truly loved Isaac. In fact, there in verse two, God reminds Abraham of that truth. God says to, to Abraham, the son whom you love. We know how long Abraham prayed for his son and the promise that God made to him so many years before. In fact, from the initial time that God made that promise to make a great nation from Abraham's descendants until the birth of Isaac was 25 years. So think about the conflicting feelings that Abraham must have been feeling here. God gave him, gave, made this promise to him, gave him this son through this miraculous thing, 
and now he's taking him away. How confusing is that to him? But look at Abraham's quick obedience. We don't see Abraham bargaining with God. We don't see him asking for any clarifying questions or dragging his feet. We don't see a whole Jonah number and just running the opposite direction. What we do see is Abraham rising early to begin to make the preparations for what God was asking him to do. He saddles up his donkey. He goes out and he cuts the wood. He's going to get the very knife that he's going to use to sacrifice his only son. These were all jobs that took some time. I think sometimes we read this and we read it in about the same time as we think it happened in about the same time it makes for us to read this, but it actually took time to do all these things. And this had to be an emotional moment. Think about that, that feeling you get in your stomach when you know there's something you have to do that you really don't wanna do, but you, you've gotta follow through with it. And think about having that, stump, that feeling in your stomach for, for three days. Meanwhile, the, the, the thing that you have to do is walking right next to you. This had to be a terrible feeling. To be honest with you, I've struggled with this passage. And as a father, I don't know how quickly I would be willing to lay down and sacrifice what God had clearly given to me. Would I have the faith of Abraham to trust God's plan is good and just? Or would my own selfishness get in the way? Let's keep reading uh, verse 7. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. This is where we begin to get to see a glimpse into Isaac's perspective um, we don't know exactly how old Isaac was at this point, and oftentimes he's made out to be a very young boy. But many scholars believe that he could have been upwards to 20 years of age at the time. Um, there's been some conversation on whether Isaac understood what was going on. Um, Abraham seemed, seems to avoid saying anything specific here regarding what God has asked him to do. However, I do believe that Isaac, to an extent, knew something was up. Something was going on. He would not have been in the dark to the stories that I'm sure Abraham had told him of God's faithfulness to Abraham and Abraham's obedience in the past. He would have known these things. These would have been things they would have talked about together. He knew what was needed and what was required to make a worthy sacrifice. And he knew clearly they didn't have that with them. They didn't have what they needed. You see, Isaac's faith and obedience to his father was equally as important as the faith of his father. The journey up the mountain to make the sacrifice would not have been possible without the willingness of a father to give up his only son. But in the same way, the journey up the mountain to make that sacrifice would not have been possible without the willingness of a son to give up his own life. Let's continue to read verse nine. 
When they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I, I'll be honest, I have a tough time reading that passage and not, not having tears come up in my eyes. You wanna read this and you wanna say, now we have a nice bow tied on the story, right? Well, that's not completely true. This is Genesis. This is only the beginning. But what it does do is set the groundwork for what God was going to do, his plan to provide a suitable sacrifice on that hill, on the mountain, for all people. So what does this have to do with communion? Well, I hope by this point you've begun to see some parallels here. Where did our redemption come from? It came from a father, the father who was willing to give up his only son and the son who was willing and did give up his own life. If we look back at verse six, it says, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on, his, on Isaac, his son. We see Isaac obediently strapping on the wood to his back, the very instrument that was going to be used for his sacrifice. In the same way, we see Jesus who took on a wooden cross for our sin, the very instrument that we use for the sacrifice that he'd make. The perfect lamb as our substitute, the only suitable sacrifice for our sin. Today, as we take communion, we remember his sacrifice for us. Before we go any further, let's, let's, let's pray. Father, you are so good. And as we look at this passage so far back in the Old Testament, in, in Genesis, sometimes we overlook the fact that you were working for our redemption from the beginning. That nothing that we could do would be suitable to atone for our sin, God, but it was only by the sacrifice of you and a willing son, your, your son on the cross, God. We thank you for that. And as we, together as a family, begin to take communion, God, I pray that we would remember those things. We would remember that cross that you laid on your back, that you carried up the hill for our sins to make us free, to call us sons and daughters. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. In your name we pray, amen. Let me read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25. 
For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and we had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And that's why we do this this morning, in remembrance of him, of his sacrifice. We're gonna move into a time of communion. And as we get started, I wanna give you some instructions on, on kind of some of the mechanics of, of what's gonna take place here. Um, at Fredonia Hill, we, we encourage all believers to take communion, so you don't have to be a member of this church. If you are a believer in, in uh, Jesus Christ, we'd invite you to, to take part. Um, at this time, I, uh, our staff and elders are gonna move into their positions to serve you, uh, we'll have positions here at the front of the room and also in the balcony. Um, we're gonna begin with the outside sections. So I'm gonna do a little aircraft uh, flight attendant maneuvering here, so pay attention closely. Um, we're gonna start with our outside sections. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have you guys stand in a moment and uh, Jason and the band are gonna start playing. As we begin, you're gonna move to your outside aisles. So. That way, I need my little batons. Go to the outside. You're gonna go to the back, and then you're gonna come back down the center. So we'll form two lines down the center, and then you'll go past our staff and elders here, and they'll serve you. Um, balcony, when we get ready to get going, it's a free-for-all up there. So you choose whenever you'd like to, to, to go. Uh, our staff and elders are at this, the center of the balcony up there. Um, once the, the sides moved, then uh, Jason will cue the inside sections as well. It'll be the same kind of thing. You'll move to these two side aisles, go to the back, and then come up the center. Um, hopefully that's clear. We'll have some folks to kind of help you uh, find your way if you need it. Um, if, if you're unable to come forward and get communion, we have you covered as well. Um, one of our deacons, Mr. Bill Plunkett, he'll be in the back. If you'll wave him down, he will bring you uh, the elements and serve you as well if, you, if you're unable to come up to the front. Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and let's stand together. All of us stand. Um, and let me pray one more time and then the, uh, the side sections, you can begin to move whenever you feel ready. God, you are so worthy of our praise, God. I pray that, um, that we not take this moment lightly that it not become something that's just routine that we do every couple months, God, um, but we truly remember your sacrifice for us. God, we love you. God, we were the ones that were meant to be laid on that altar because we, we deserve death. That's the reality of it. But at the perfect time, you sent the Lamb, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, our redemption. Your body broken and your blood shed for us. And we thank you for that this morning. God, we worship you. We give you glory and praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Outside sections, as you feel led, you can move and come down the middle. Um, Amen.